To innovate is to find the most simple solution of the most difficult problems in the world. So, what are you adding value towards? Come, let's find out in this episode. Hey there, I am Vishani Nigam and you have tuned into my first step ever podcast. I realized life's too short. to postpone your dreams and too long to live someone else's so after failing thousand times i'm finally on a journey to fulfill my dreams of impacting people's life through what i do the best entertain and educate through podcasting digital content creation and thought leadership on this podcast i uncover stories that help you see why you must do what you want in life build conviction to follow them and how to build systems to sustain them and if you are an entrepreneur or a brand seeking exactly the same then i'm up for a chat on my instagram handle which is at my first step ever underscore in but for now if you want to achieve your goals and build never failing systems then what are you waiting for let's get started Welcome on another episode of awesomeness and another episode of improving each day. Today we have an amazing person who believes in investing in themselves because they understand the importance of human ability to innovate and do wonders. Yes my friends everyone who's listening to us today I'd like you to please join me in welcoming the pioneer i would say in innovation and startups in australia grand downy hi grand welcome on my first step ever thanks so much ashani it's a pleasure to be here i have certainly been doing uh, innovation in startups for for many years now and and having a fun time i'm sure we will have a fun time with you as well as much you have had in your career so far now before we begin i would really like to take our listeners through what have you been doing so far and what is that you'll be looking forward to speaking with you today so yeah sure yeah and i'm i'm really conscious that a lot of the listeners to this podcast are early in their career and so you know way back at the start of my career i qualified as an engineer as a mechanical engineer at the university of melbourne a few years ago now um and i started work in corporates i i sort of went out of university multinational and oil company called mobile now called exxon mobile and they were really good for um for graduates and and that's something that i think you know everyone should be really interested in you know whether or not the company they're joining has special programs for graduates they were really good for graduates and so i feel like my theoretical learning my time at university was really complemented by my first certainly my first job um as a big multinational company they had really good processes and standards like you don't realize until you have quite a few jobs and you look back they were really very professional and they helped to instill in me lots of expectations of professionalism and even things equal employment opportunity is something that has been i guess focused on for for quite a while now um but The organization that I joined demonstrated for me back in the early 90s that it was just how you ran your business. And so I'm really grateful that some of my early experiences 
um, just set me up for you know what many people still don't really experience, unfortunately, um, in their jobs today. So early in my career, I am now. I realise now, looking back, um, that I was really lucky to land where I did. Um, I worked in an oil company, and then I worked at an airline, and then I worked at a telecoms company. So a real mix of industries. And then in, in what I, looking back, realised was a, a startup-y sort of a business. It had been going about 10 years, but there are lots of things about them that were very startup. And then since then, um, I've been an independent advisor, helping lots of startup founders and, and working with the University of Melbourne on their accelerator program called MAP, working with the CSIRO uh, on their accelerator program called the On Accelerator. And for a bit over five years now, working with La Trobe University in Victoria um, on their entrepreneurship and innovation program. So they have campuses across, well, from Bandura to Bendigo to Shepparton to Albi to Mildura. So they've got quite a few campuses uh, out in regional Victoria as well as in Melbourne. And so we've had a really interesting mix of working on innovation programs with people from the city, um, as well as from, you know, sort of some of the regions and uh, and communities. So that's a bit of a summary of, of what I've been doing. That's great. I think I would have not done a better job at describing or, you know, taking through your introduction, but I would love to do that because I love to introduce my guest speakers and I will just add two cents to what you said. Yeah, Whatever sure. Grant has done up to now, I think what has really intrigued me is with his experience in, you know, in really large corporates where you can very easily lose the sight of your goals. So much happening, but he's, he's really learned so much out of that at, it has, in his early years. And now he, in his in strategy, business model and organization design, he is a pioneer, I would say. And from there, whatever he learned, he started off with being an entrepreneur and then started launching such programs that can help people of that caliber to, you know, start and innovating more. So he's just not progressing in his career. He's taking along a community of people, of like-minded people to progress further. And I think that's the very interesting part about his career and his personality that I would really like to you to bring forth before we go into the conversation with Grant here. So Grant, I'm so excited to have you over here. Okay, so let's get into the first question hmm. that I am extremely interested to know. Yeah. So far, not so far, I would actually say nowadays, there's no other way that people look at, you know, doing business rather than innovation. Innovation has become a thing of present and I think it is going to continue. So there is no two ways about it. But I would like to go back to the time when innovation had just begun and innovation has always been. But, you know, mm. when people started seeing this as a way of continuing or, you know, starting off in business, how, how, how was it back then for you? How did you look at innovation back then? Mm. So one of the things that certainly interests me is that um, often something gets a label and people think that maybe it's, it's just a new thing. Startups is one great example. Um, you know, people think that, you know, startups must be a new thing, but even for us in Australia, the more people that I talk to, I realize that you know, even in the 70s 
uh, people were doing software businesses, founders from Australia were going to um, to San Francisco, to Silicon Valley. And we look back through, you know, even Australia's history and, and wherever, you know, wherever you call home, there will be a similar history where um, people have been very adventurous in the way that they try and make a living for themselves and the way that they then try and provide for their family and to build a community. And so one of the things that is interesting for me is that innovation is sometimes people feel like it's this, this new thing, you know, that, that people have only been talking about innovation recently. But what's what's interesting to me is that the label innovation might have been applied to a lot more things recently, but it's not necessarily a new phenomena. And so innovation for me is all about um, being able to apply some creativity to a problem um, and come up with a, a new or different way of solving a problem. And so it, it's not necessarily about new to the world capability. So it's not about necessarily pure research, although sometimes good innovation flows from pure research. Um, one of, certainly one of the people that I admire a fellow named Edward de Bono um, has done a lot of work on creative thinking. And, you know, I was at a conference one time when de Bono talked about having only recently, he has two sugars in his, um, in his tea, and he only recently started putting the two packets of sugar together and tearing both of the um, lids off the sugar at the same time so that he opened two sugars at the same time and tipped them both in his coffee. And for him, he was saying, like, that's an innovation. Like, for me, here I came to, to solve this problem in a completely new way. Even though I've been having tea, and at that stage he was yeah. quite a mature gentleman, been having tea for decades, here was a new way of putting sugar into his tea. And so, for me, innovation can come from anywhere, and it's about being creative, but it's always, for me, about actually solving a problem. One of my favorite definitions of innovation comes from a group called Inventium. Uh, Inventium was set up by a woman, Amantha Imber, who's just amazing. And her definition of innovation is change that adds value. And so the tearing of the two packets of sugar at the one time, like that's adding value. It's saving time. It's getting the job done more quickly, more simply. And so innovation is around being creative in trying to figure out how to add value, how to get a problem solved um, you know, in a new way that, that hopefully um, is more efficient or, or better in some way. Um, but, you know, for me, Bats became conscious of innovation. It certainly wasn't in my early, in my early years. Um, I really think even in my early years as an engineer, a lot of the work that I did was on improvement and process improvement and quality assurance. Those are things that I spent a lot of time doing. But innovation was this thing where people started to talk about bringing um, improvement ideas from other sectors. You know, one of the really interesting ones was Formula One when they do a pit change. And so for anyone you know who watches car racing, like it is just amazing what a pit crew gets done in, in seconds. Second, yeah. And so the whole thing is just so well organized and the team spends so much time practicing. And so that idea of being really focused and having that pit crew focus is something that got transferred into the 
into the business I was in, into mobile, into a really different setting. And, and that was innovative. It was bringing this solution that existed in a whole different context and bringing it into yours. And there was some tweaking, which you know was accompanied by some great collaboration and learning. But it was about bringing this really almost crazy idea into the business and solving a problem in a really different way. And so it sort of extended from that, um, the, the improvement and the general sort of process improvement that I was already doing as an engineer. Um, and this label, I guess, of innovation was around um, yeah, that trying to solve a business problem in a really new way. Um, and so over the last few years, you're absolutely right. You know, people are referring to innovation um, a lot more. There's even, you know, now that there's job titles in organisations around innovation lead um, or, or other innovation roles. And so I think when it, when it gets to the point where there are actually job titles in an organisation, that's when it's become... Um, I guess a, a lot more formal maybe is one way to describe it. Um, and so it has come a long way in, in the time that I've been thinking about being innovative. Absolutely. And I think what a great way of explaining the most simple words that one can understand. And yeah. the reason that I was really looking forward to understanding the very beginning or the basic of understanding of innovation in your head is because for our listeners to, you know, understand this, that whenever you start something, everything seems to be daunting. But yeah. that's how Grant looked at things. And the way he explained it in simple terms, that makes us realize that when you see things from simple perspective, simple eyes, and take small steps, then things can go in a very, very good way, always starts small and with simple understanding and simple things. And as I think, Grant, you mentioned how you looked at things in your career. And mm -hmm. it was just about, you know, looking for that opportunity where things to do things a little differently, creatively, or to do the same things a bit different than what people were doing. Now, in your, you are, you're the founder of two businesses. And I would like you to Maybe help me with that because I yep. see the spelling is innovation, but is it yeah. innovation? Can you just take us through that? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so innovation. I founded a few different businesses, but but the two that are really obvious on LinkedIn is Dynamic Strategies, which is my consulting and advisory business, and the other one, the one that you're talking about, Ashani, is Innovation. And Innovation, from the um, the compression of innovation into action. So it was a, a thing that I was doing that people talked about seeing as a result of the work that I was doing for them. And so innovation into action, I sort of squashed it all together so that it becomes in of action. And so there I put, I try and put a capital A in the middle of in of action so that it's the action part of in of action is obvious. That's, that's really amazing because that name your brand name symbolizes that anything that you want to do in life you need to take action whether it's innovation whether it's you know achieving your goals or whether it's even simple things in your day-to-day -day life you need to take action to make things happen so I, I really I was really attracted to the name of your brand you know action and I wanted to wanted our listeners to listen to it what's the reason behind it so that's amazing 
Now, I just wanted to understand one thing. When you had started, you know, into the innovation space, mm-hmm. I'm sure you must have had your ups and downs. Uh, learning about your initial failures would be something really good for our listeners to understand because I want everyone to understand that we do have failures and initial oh, failures. Yeah, and initial failures are the very hard-hitting ones. So if you are happy to share top three lessons from your initial yes. failures in innovation. Yeah, absolutely. And look, we'll come back to the action part as well, Ashani, because I, I really... Um, for me, that's a big part of success, not just in startup, but but in success in, in career and life is actually um, giving things a go. So forcing your action rather than thinking or worrying or all the rest of it. But for me, um, you know, certainly some of the earlier in my career when I was starting to think more about being innovative as an engineer, um, failure and mistakes are like they're really to be avoided you know people can get hurt equipment can get damaged and so earlier in my career I was very much I I was always wanting to avoid any mistakes and doing everything everything that we could to avoid them and so when I started doing more of the innovation and especially some startups it quickly became apparent that if you were doing so much analysis and and you were taking so you know, you were being so risk averse that you never made any mistakes, it too often meant that it was because you weren't doing anything. Like you 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 were just you got all caught up in this you know paralysis by analysis is one of the 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 phrases that you sometimes hear where you just spend the whole time worried about um you know things going wrong and, and doing the scenario analysis and never actually doing anything and so. For me, some of the early, for me becoming conscious of the fact that you know failure and mistakes was not always a bad thing, that was really useful. And and I definitely want you know all of the listeners to to think about that. It's not about just going out and being reckless and crazy and and just making you know just ridiculous mistakes all the time, but it's absolutely about um, the. The 80-20 almost, you know, pushing yourself to get something done or to release something um, when it's maybe a well-developed first draft rather than something really polished and perfect. And so being um, more comfortable with the fact that it's not perfect, but you put it out into the world and then you actually get feedback on it. And so what you might have thought was a, a mistake or a failure because it wasn't perfect you actually find is a really great way to start a collaboration and a conversation. That was certainly one of the, the big um, sort of insights for me. But the other ones in terms of, you know, early mistakes, um, <clears throat> sometimes it was around relationships. And so, you know, for your school years and then your university years and even your early years in a career, sometimes the, the people that you work with um, can be maybe a lot like you and then for me one of the the things that was um you know big mistakes for me was in you know the the relationship stuff where i would be either asking people as a as a frontline manager or a, a manager earlier in my career i would be asking people to do things in a way that would have been that i would have been comfortable with but it was really confronting or even sometimes distressing for them and so you know that being conscious of the fact that everybody learns differently everybody has different work preferences and earlier i was thinking about the work preferences thing 
because um, you know the being creative and, and trying to find new ways to do things, not everyone um, is necessarily like creativity is not necessarily a strength. And so there's some really great profiles that you can do some really simple tests online. Um, I think there's one even called 16 personalities maybe, yeah. but it just helps you to understand that everybody's different. And that was one of the, the big mistakes that I made. Um, I once did an assessment as a career and out of um, 16 questions or 16 scenarios, I basically was judged to have done the right thing in three of them because I was looking at every situation nail and as if I had a hammer. And so I was really narrow in how I thought about managing people and solving problems. And so it was this big confrontation to say, you really need to realize that, that situations are different and you need to be able to manage and lead differently because people are different and situations are different. I, made, I have made, I continue to make, um, you know, mistakes all the time, but but I'm not I'm not worried about making mistakes anymore because I know that now um, you know they can be if I if I'm not making mistakes I'm not trying hard enough I'm not being creative enough um, and if I do make mistakes then more often than not it's a great way to start a new conversation and maybe new collaboration so I've changed my perspective on on failure and mistakes quite significantly since I was a, a an engineer fresh out of university. That's lovely. I think we have golden tips over here. So many learning. What is so exciting and what's really humbling for me to see is that you are here and you're able to share that with us, that what went, what learnings that you have had. And it's very difficult for each one of us to, you know, accept what went wrong, what yes. we did wrong and to, you know, make that right. And I'm so happy that you're able to do that over here and also make us understand that it's okay. Yes. A career where we can explore, experiment and learn. So I think there was some really amazing learnings on how to take failures, because I think that's one thing that by anyone or no one teach will teach you only experiments, your experiences and even others experiences like right yes. now that we are listening to that will really help. So thank you so much, Grant, on taking us through your early days experiences and failures and what you have learned. It does definitely add added value to what I have been thinking so far and reinforce some of them for sure. Just going forward from here, um, I was really interested to know that what was the breakthrough moment for you? Or let's see, why did you think of having this launch 48 program that you had that was a first yeah. weekend startup in Melbourne yes. and yes if you can just take us through that experience of your life <laughs> yes for sure so I have I continue to have collaboration partners and colleagues um, all around the world and one dear friend was has has been um, in London now since 2008 um, and so he'd been doing, he had been attending and then uh, he wasn't very happy with the weekend formats. And so he developed Launch 48 as a format. And I'd been talking to him about these events for probably 12 or 18 months. And over time, they'd been growing and getting more sophisticated. They were being um, sponsored by 
PayPal and Vodafone and just businesses that were really interested in coming and on the one hand, seeing some of the developer talent, but also starting to see some of the people who, who now might be called entrepreneurs, you know, some of the people who can really think a bit creatively and commercially. And, and he'd had such interest from so many um, parties. And, and I hadn't really done much startup work at that stage, and, but I was just really excited by the energy that he was generating in these events. And so I said, look, let's, let's do one in Australia. He is Australian. Uh, as I said, he's been in London since 2008, but he grew up in Australia. And so we organised for him uh, to come to Australia for that weekend as the founder to be able to sort of take us through the format. But we brought together probably 40 people, um, including you know, people like Chris Jonu, who now runs Startup Grind. Uh, there was just a whole, like a really interesting group of people who came to what ended up being, as you pointed out, Ashani, the first weekend event in Australia. We didn't realise it at the time, and, and we certainly, that was not our intent to sort of be the ones to do it first. It was just something that I knew would, would be really interesting because it had been so well received and so well developed internationally. And that's one of the things that I think international students should be really um, conscious of as well, that idea of bringing ideas from different communities um, potentially even different cultures, that in some ways can be innovation. And so that Launch 48 started. And when we when we did the first one, um, co-working spaces are now very common. Um, I, I hope most of your listeners are familiar with co-working as a, as a concept, um, but we didn't have any co-working spaces in Melbourne when we first started. And so we had the first event at Deloitte, the consultants, in Melbourne, and then when we went to Sydney to do the first one in 2011, we were in the offices of Atlassian, which was pretty cool. Again, looking back, we didn't really understand at the time how amazing it was, but you know, we were in their head their head office essentially in Sydney um, when we did the first weekend event in Sydney, and then we moved into co-working spaces, and so fish burners in Sydney. And what was York Butter Factory in Melbourne, that's unfortunately closed down now, but Inspire 9 in Richmond. And so it, the, the community really came together as well. So Launch 48, we did three years of Launch 48 Melbourne and Sydney. And then in our last year, I collaborated with Launch 48 um, UK and we did a weekend event in Manila. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so uh, we went to the Philippines and uh, it was my first time in the Philippines and it was amazing. And uh, out of that program came the development program I ran for founders um, called Startup Leadership Program. So again, that is a global program uh, run on, uh, on City Chapter. Uh, there, there is a, a Mumbai chapter. We were talking earlier, Ashani, about um, your heritage. There's uh, at least a half a dozen chapters um, in India. Uh, and then some in North America uh, and, and a bunch in Europe. And so, uh, as well as uh, quite a few in Asia, obviously. And, and so, again, that's been really interesting for me from the innovation perspective. I've got really interesting connections into all of these different startup communities through a program that I ran. And so, again, just like Launch 48, I wasn't necessarily an expert, but there seemed to be some energy and some interest in this thing. And I thought, well... I'll just give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? You know, if we do it once and it's a terrible flop and nobody comes and we don't do it again. 
but that wasn't what happened. Um, and so, you know, that idea of just taking action, just give it a go and see what happens. And so we ended up running eight cohorts, so over eight years, eight cohorts of the Startup Leadership Program in Australia. We had nearly 100 founders through, uh, nearly 40 female founders. Um, and so, again, it was just something that I, that I thought, you know, I, I wanted to give it a go. Um, and it ended up being pretty successful. So that is a huge impact, I would say, 100 founders and 40 female founders to be specific. Wow. I can really see your journey from, you know, as it started from being in corporate to learning the professional yeah. life. And then from there, understanding the real reasons and the meaning about failure and taking everything in your stride. And from there, actually creating a community, a platform for other people of yes. the same you know capability and mindset to connect and network and i think what something very beautiful that you have said over here that you were not the master of or you were not the expert in the field of launching something that not at you, all. You but then but then you gave it a go as you said that let's just give it a go let's bring things into action and let's see what happens see and what that happens. is yeah and that's an absolute golden See, I think the golden tip that you can give it anyone, just give it a go. What's yes. the worst that can happen? Yep. So, Grant, thank you so much for taking us through your incredible journey. I'm sure we have just picked up a few, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> yes. milestones in your life, and there's a lot that we could still dig up. But before we say bye to you, I would like you to take our listeners our young listeners with three tips if you can leave them with three yeah. tips uh, for so that they can inculcate the growth mindset or the perspective for yeah sure sure um for me the three things are to definitely stay curious so you're always always be be, be, be looking like asking questions and, and looking to understand things better never be embarrassed or, um, or or too cautious always be always learn how to ask good questions but always ask questions um, and so definitely number one uh, number two is around trying to understand value um, we didn't talk value in in this chat but I talked right at the start about my favorite definition of innovation which is change that adds value for someone thinking about innovating um, and, and, and getting an innovative mindset. Innovation is about solving problems. Solving problems is about helping people to, to add value or access value. And so as again, when you're in school or you're in uni, you don't necessarily understand what value looks like in business or even in, in life you know, as an adult with a family maybe. And so one of the things as well as staying curious and asking lots of questions is trying to understand trying to identify and identify the value so that you can then with your innovation you can help to deliver more value um, and so that's sort of one of the ones and then the, the last one is really what we've just been talking about the the make sure that you take action like practice being creative um, practice just just giving things a go and maybe giving things a go in a bit of a creative way which then gets other people interested and excited and so that really helps when you just give something a go. If you do it in a bit of an interesting or creative way, and um, you know, sometimes that can bring. Sometimes you can be surprised by who responds and who who comes to be a part of what you're trying to do. So, 
There you go. The three things, always stay curious, look for the value um, and be a bit creative about taking action, uh, but definitely be action oriented. So great to hear these because I think these three tips are so true to your personality as well. Like if you inculcate yes. that in your personality, it will take you a long way, not just in the innovation space in your professional journey, but it, it emb embeds in your personality and it really helps you progress and improve yourself. Yes. We talked about and so happy that we could talk about a little bit on value as well, because that's an important aspect. And before we take a leave, uh, can you please leave our listeners with a favorite book of yours that you sure. think that they sh should read? And yeah. the last thing is your favorite quote. Sure. And one of the things for me, as I was thinking about our topic of innovation today and the innovative mindset, um, a quote that I love from um, Sun Tzu, uh, who, who is the author of The Art of War, and absolutely just an amazing book for so many reasons. But one of the quotes from um, The Art of War is that even in the midst of chaos, there is opportunity. And I think that one of the things that your entrepreneurs have shown over the last two years through the chaos of the pandemic is that there are lots of entrepreneurs who found some really interesting opportunity and some amazing success. And so um, even in the midst of chaos, there is also opportunity. And then also the, the book that I think would be interesting um, for our listeners is called The Startup of You uh, by Hoffman and uh, Conasco, I think is the other author's name. Thank you, Grant, for being on this episode and sharing so much value with each one of us. I have thoroughly enjoyed this journey with you and I'm really impressed with the fact that you are taking the entire community together to build something even bigger. So thank you so much. And for all those who are listening to us, you know there's a thorough of opportunity waiting for you. So you can connect with Grant if you like on yes. LinkedIn. And I will leave all the links on Instagram account. Hi, my friends. If you have reached thus far today, firstly, thank you so much. It really means that you have learned something out of today's episode and you have enjoyed. So why don't you share it with me and let me know that what is that you have learned and what would you like to listen more in the upcoming episodes. I love to build the relationship with my viewers and audiences and know what really is that helping them. So you can follow me on my Instagram handle which is at my first step ever underscore in. And subscribe to my YouTube channel for weekly video updates. And yes, if you like what I do over here, follow my first step ever on Google, Apple or Spotify. And please drop your rating to my show and comment. Well, this can be a way you can help me achieve my dreams to reach out to millions who need to hear this as I help you in your journey in taking the first step ever. Until next time, start believing in yourself. And most importantly, keep believing in yourself.